Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. Announce the players who have tested positive in the past for HIPAA reasons. It's going to become pretty apparent if you don't see your team's backup shooting guard for 10 days, you're going to know that he's come down with it. So I don't know how that's all going to work when you understand that some of these guys are going to say, I, I don't feel sick. It's going to be an issue. That's Brian Windhorst talking about issues with asymptomatic players, telling the public what's going on, getting them up to speed. Uh, we do hear some players and names. Nikola Jokic can't come back to the U.S. until he has two negative tests in 24 hours because he tested positive. PK, when he does get back, the story's going to swing down the court because seeing the photos of him on social media, he didn't even look like the same guy. The first time I saw a photo of him, it was a double take. He's dropped 40 pounds. always thought he wasn't in great shape, but I didn't know he's going to drop 40 pounds. That, that seems like a lot. I assume he's in great shape and conditioning won't be an issue and he didn't lose any strength doing that. But uh, they counted him a lot, obviously, at 20 points a game, 10 boards and 7 assists. But he, he looks like a different guy. So he won't be as good skinny? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I got to say I wonder that because he's so good inside. How much strength did he lose? But I feel like a hypocrite for saying that because I thought all along he needed to lose weight, that he wasn't in great shape, that the Jazz should be running him up and down the floor. <laughs> I never thought about it. Jokic is expected to be cleared to travel to Denver within a week after completing a quarantine period. What are the Lakers going to do without Avery Bradley, one of their one of their glue guys? He's not a star, but he's not going to play. He's got a six-year-old son. He's got a history of issues recovering from respiratory illnesses, so he's not going. And already, J.R. Smith reuniting with LeBron is his story. Get J.R. to fill in. That'll give us a chance to look at that video of him those two looking at each other and LeBron looking at him like, don't you know the clock? What are you doing? Mm. Milwaukee Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer said having a healthy Giannis Antetokounmpo is a huge advantage. Superstar has sprained a minor joint capsule in his knee on March 6th, but he's now fully recovered. The Budenholzer says the break was a, quote, huge advantage for us. The Giannis will be completely and totally healthy. He's in a great place both mentally and physically. Yeah, it's great news. He's a star. The Bucks, the Rockets, two teams that uh, it feels like should be benefiting. The Rockets were playing poorly and had some guys who were worn down. Those two teams, maybe there's other teams, though. There could be other guys out there we don't know about who are who had issues, who are healthier now after all this time off. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We spent a lot of group time talking about the ongoing issues, talking about the platform that they have and how to best utilize it, how to do so thoughtfully. And our position is simple. We're going to support our players and their willingness to partake in this, uh, whether it's statements or actions. Tomlin says statements are good, but impact is better, particularly long-term impact. Those that have a desire to participate in a positive way, they're going to be supported by us. That's Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. And really, he's he's coached for so long, we've heard him talk so often. Nothing there surprised you, did it? Isn't that pretty much what you'd expect out of him? Well, suppose they want to do it in a negative way. What are they going to do then? Talk him out of it? I don't know. 
Well, I ask the question. DJ and PK. We spent a lot of group time talking about the ongoing issues, talking about hashtag college football. To say that what happened with me and USC was emotional would be an understatement because this was something that almost killed me. I went through during my uh, NFL career where I was depressed, I was suicidal. I went through a wave of emotions that really affected me in such a way because I was in New Orleans by myself. I had my teammates there, but you know, there's a lot of time by yourself. If your mindset, if your foundation is not in the right place, that can be deadly. Anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, mental health issues. PK, this is all way over my head. We just had Steve Cleveland on uh, earlier this week talking about the anxiety and the depression that uh, he found in the players that he was around, whether they played for him or he knew him through all the camps. He did in that. He said it's just pervasive in this generation. I guess Reggie Bush backing up what Steve Cleveland was telling us. If those are his feelings, man, who am I to question him? West Virginia has placed defensive coordinator Vic Canning on administrative leave. It's launched an investigation into allegations of mistreatment made by Mountaineer safety Kerry Martin Jr. on social media. Yeah, that's Vic Koenig. He used to coach at Wyoming. He was the head coach there for a while. Three I, read years, all, yeah. I read all that stuff, and, and the young player said that Koenig is a, is a part of a different generation. You know, he's a different time. He's 60 years old. We talking about that was a different time. I thought sixty-year-olds back in the seventies and eighties they were the different generation that was going to make the difference. It's always a generational gap, no matter what happens. And now this young guy saying, "Well, and well, wait, man, he was he was back in the thirties and (laughs) forties." Let's get Vic's thoughts of what how stunned he was when baseball integrated uh, Reggie or Jack Jackie Robinson. Hey, come on, 60's not that old relative to what's going on in, in with race relations. That, that that was a surprise comment, but he's just a kid who made that comment, so 60 might as well be 160. Well, you want to place a bet on these 20-year-olds when they're 60, if 20-year-olds will be saying these 60-year-olds don't get it? Because I would bet, yes, that's going to happen. I'll be dead, so I won't be able to pay off either way. Nah, so. I'm the one who's going to be dead. <laughs> you had all the 100-year-old relatives. Well, I'll be too uh, uninterested to collect because Uh, you'll be dead anyway, so what would I collect? There you go. All right, you got me there. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. July is the monopoly month for baseball, right? The NBA is over. The NFL hasn't started. And that's the month where you have the All-Star game. You have the trade deadline, of, of which, by the way, you have neither this year. But it's a huge opportunity. And if baseball had been able to play July 1, and play the month of July and had exciting pennant races, you might have been able to carry that over. Instead, what baseball did in June and July, with no NBA and no NHL, is it fought in the media more than any other sport. And you made people not like the sport. That's Major League Baseball Network's Jim Bowden. Who also went on to say players are happy with the 60-game schedule, which is kind of shocking because... Uh, Listening to the summaries of these negotiations, I don't think they're happy with anything. But I guess the group that ought to be happy now, PK, is the people who say the 162-game season is too long. It goes on forever, and they can't follow it. 60 games, I mean, this is going to be uh, a pennant race right from the get-go. The countdown will be with 10 games in. We'll be down to our last 50. Well, I couldn't disagree with Bowden more. 
if you're going to be interested in the sport, you're going to be interested in the sport, uh, it, whether they captured July or not. And so what, what was that going to do? Ride a new momentum, and then all of a sudden another 150 million people, yeah, man, I, no, I can't do anything. i got to watch this game. Because they captivated me in July unlike anything else. And so now it's August 1st, and i got to watch. Sorry. Sorry, son. Sorry, daughter. I can't spend any time with you. I gotta watch this because they had July to themselves. I mean, that's an exaggeration. And the negotiations, you were just hearing from a few people. You weren't hearing from the hundreds of baseball players. And they can't go out and speak publicly to risk all sorts of wrath. So to say that all, that's all, that you're right. That's all you did hear, but that's not all that was to be heard. Yeah, but if there's ever a sport where you got to get along, go along. Guy, guy, eighteen on the roster can't come out and start talking. He's got to stay in line, be quiet. Exactly. Sixty-game schedule going to run through September 27. Teams are going to play their four divisional opponents ten times apiece, and then they'll play the five interleague opponents in the same geographical area four games apiece. So the National National League West will all have ten games head to head, and then four games against the American League West and they'll do the same thing in the East and in the uh, in the Central. So now we know there's going to be a season. This is the Dodgers year. Am I right, PK? Now they're going to get it done. Uh, well, uh, the National League West played American League West. American League West was really good last year. I mean, obviously with Oakland and Houston and the Angels, you know, Mount Trout hasn't but been in one playoff series, but I believe they won 86 games. And I always thought if you win over 85 games, you're a pretty good team. It's hard to win 85 games when you're playing that many. Uh, you know, you weren't good enough. And obviously, if you win 90, 95, 100, you're really good. But that, that's a tough division, and they're going to have those crossovers uh, going on there. And it's, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I can't say for sure whose year it's going to be that uh, you know, they're, they're a pretty good ball club for sure. A couple new features here. The National League's going to have the designated hitter. And then in extra innings, teams are going to begin with a runner on second base. So hopefully in a year where there might be issues with pitching and lack of arms and all that, hopefully they'll eliminate 15 and 18 inning games, get those things over in the 10th and 11th. Well, the thing that I like about that is it adds more strategy. You know it. I don't have a problem with it because anytime you can add more strategy to the game, I think that it is good for the game. Really any game, but particularly baseball because it's a slower moving game and one of the intriguing aspects is the strategy. So in the top of the 10th, you know, you start a runner at second and uh, he moves him over to third. So what does the, the home team do? Do they bring the infield in? They bring the outfield in. They treat it as if it's the winning run or it's just simply the go-ahead run. You know, how do they handle that defensively? That'll be new stuff that we haven't seen before because, you know, you're... In prior times, if it was the top of the 10th and you had a runner on third with one out, you would bring the infield in because there's no guarantee that you're going to have a runner on base. So you treat it as if it's the winning run as opposed to the go-ahead run. Well, now you know in the bottom of the 10th you're going to start out in the same situation. So how does that work? And do the does the offense, do they even try to move them over? Do they play for a bigger inning as opposed to that's the winning run rather than the go-ahead run? So how does the offense, is that guy going to bunt or try to ground ball them over? But they may think, hey, well, they're going to have uh, the 
the home team's going to have the runner on. So we need to play for more than just one run. And, you know, what's the strategy there? And I think if you're a purist baseball fan, strategy is something that you like. If you're not into the sport, then it doesn't matter. And I'm not talking to you either way. I'm talking to a wall. I understand that. I'm not going to try to convince you to be involved in it. If, because if you aren't, you aren't. So what? So what? Go on and do whatever else you're involved in. But if you are, it opens up some strategy. I like that. High schools, I've seen them start a runner at third. Uh, and go from there. So I think it's actually good for the game, and it's a good experiment, and it might be something that they they pick up and do for years to come. Contact hitters have been devalued. Power hitters are much more valued. To put a guy at second base can change that equation. You just brought up a whole lot of strategy, but, you know, if you're pinch hitting late in the game, the guy who makes contact who can, you know, hit a single to the opposite field, that could be everything now with a runner at second base, certainly with a runner at third contact small ball could be back all right dj and pk there you go there are the uh headlines and they're brought to you by shamrock plumbing receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at shamrock plumbing 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone